G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, as we do on a Monday, let's check in with the Australian Christian Lobby. Rob Norman is the Queensland State Director for the ACL. Hello, Rob. Welcome along to 2020. How are you, Neil? Great to be with you. I'm well, Rob, and uh, great to talk to you. And you're on the ground in Queensland where there is something very significant that's developing and you might even say sneaky things. Uh, while we were all having a little bit of a break on a holiday, uh, the Queensland Births, Deaths and Marriages Registration Bill, uh, give us your insights into what's happening in the state of Queensland. Yeah, Neil, this sure is a, a bit of a sneaky bill. It was introduced by the Attorney-General on the last sitting uh, session of Parliament in December. So that was on the... Uh, um, yeah, on. 2nd of December last year. And what it does, Neil, it, um, it allows people to change the records on their birth certificate and in particular their, uh, their sex. So that's a very uh, a kind of a radical thing. It, it, it basically goes beyond the scope of, of gender identity and um, it, it goes directly to the birth certificate. So the birth certificate obviously is a historical document and it has historically provided accurate and factual data surrounding the live birth of people. What this bill does, Neil, is that it, the Queensland government will essentially legalise the falsification of birth certificates, which means that people can then enter their sex as whatever they like, and they can do it every 12 months. Okay, now, Rob, it's a big call, isn't it, uh, for mm. legislation like this, and uh, it's still not passed so no doubt there's going to be something that listeners today can speak up and have their say. But uh, but sex is not a social attribute, and some have argued that about gender. As you say, this is a little bit different, different because this is a, a biological fact here with sex, either born male or female. Uh, that's a social attribute. Can't really just be changed so easily. That's right. This, this is a big step. It, it takes uh, the whole gender identity argument out of the social realm and into, uh, into science. So basically it's a contradiction of science and um, the consequences are fairly obvious to most sane people at least. Um, the interesting thing here, Neil, is that we've actually, uh, we've actually gained some allies from unexpected areas. So um, people like radical feminists, uh, up in arms over this. Uh, lesbian groups are also not happy about it and neither they should be. Um, the consequences are obvious to me. They're obvious probably to you and your listeners. Um, areas like female safe spaces, for instance, that whole aspect of it on its own, if that was the only thing that was affected, is, is such a serious thing. Um, and the problem here, again, I mean, there are many, many problems, but the Attorney-General also happens to be the Minister for Women, and it just, to me, it, it is mind-boggling that the Minister for Women would literally throw Queensland women under the bus with this bill. 
Interesting too, Rob, these records, they're historic, aren't they? So if we were looking back through our own family tree, uh, no doubt the way our family tree sort of comes together is because of records like this. And wouldn't it be sort of odd to be looking back through your family history and see your great-great-grandfather gave birth to a child, uh, which we'll all know uh, biologically happens when you are a woman. Now, this is interesting because you, you change these birth certificates, as you say, legalising the falsification of birth certificates. It's got huge ramifications. Yeah, no, it certainly does. Um, that's an interesting point. I've just finished doing uh, a family ancestry for our family, and it was a lengthy process with many rabbit warrants. Look, I presume that there would be an audit trail for those kinds of things, but it is... It's also, it's just mind-boggling that, um, you know, you can have two fathers, one of whom have given birth to the baby. Um, Those things just introduce complications that I don't think society is ready for. Um, The other thing I think, Neil, that we, we must remember here is that this bill is aimed at the radical part of a small group of society. So the vast majority of society, the vast majority of Queenslanders um, only have the downside on this bill. And um, I'm not sure that the government's thought that through well. I think it probably smacks of, um, you know, corruption to the the degree that there is conversations going on between the trans lobby and the government. And yet at the same time, feminist groups have been shut out of those conversations. That bothers me. I think um, that's something we should look at closely. Uh, Rob, you say that you'd be able to change your sex on your birth certificate uh, once a year. Uh, Is there, Mm. in some sense, if you were looking for any sort of upside, uh, the way that someone who may have uh, some level of uh, dysphoria around their sexuality uh, whether they may be able to at least uh, set things right uh, as as something settles in their own heart and mind. Is there something there that might actually mean that something like this could self-settle? I know there's all sorts of other dangers, but uh, that thought comes to me as we're having this conversation. Yeah, look, that is that is true. Um, there are many people that are detransitioning. Um, that's, that's a big phenomenon. The, the kind of damage that's done in the meantime, though, and the collateral damage, uh, the increase of inquiring young people, I guess, is, is a real concern. Uh, you might have seen the recent statistics that came out last week that revealed a youth survey uh, that suggested that one third of young people are now, uh, and I think it was 15 to 24, the age bracket, are now um, identifying as LGBTIQ plus whatever, um, my suspicion there is that the Q aspect of that, the, the questioning side of that is, is the overwhelming factor. This bill raises questions with young people that should be settled on the basis of science. And unfortunately, I think the upsides are far outweighed by the downsides. But I, I take your point. I think that is, it's a good thing that people can go backwards. Um, but it, it, it really, it's a kind of a crazy argument when we look at the downside. Uh, Rob, are you across how what's happening in Queensland, and this is the current issue, but how is that comparing to what's happened in other states and territories around the nation? Do you know? 
Yeah, a little bit, Neil. Um, this bill mirrors fairly much the uh, what took place in Victoria. So their, their birth, deaths and marriages uh, amendment bill was also very similar to this. Um, it, look, from the outside, it appears that Victoria and Queensland are in some kind of sprint to be the most progressive state in Australia. And at this point, uh, this bill pushes Queensland ahead, unfortunately. And I use that word progressive in a, in a not so positive way. Um, it seems like we're racing towards, uh, you know, self-destruction. And those two states are definitely leading the way. And not only that, but uh, cause for complications. And it seems to be that when you're in a state of confusion, people can legislate all sorts of things. And I note that the Queensland Law Society has called for an audit of all state legislation and policies referring to sex and gender uh, in order to clarify the rules. Now, if you got the rules clarified in one state, then you've still got all the comparison with every other state and territory, haven't you? That's correct. Yeah, that's right. And... um so rightly, the Queensland Law Society has, has raised that issue of, okay, if you can change your sex every 12 months, um, that's one thing. But the other thing is, when a child is born, the parents can then opt to nominate no sex on the birth certificate so that they can then wait for the child to make its own decision as it grows up. Now, there is incredible problems in that, and I think... Um, one issue that's been raised by the Associated Christian Schools, and I believe that they're a part of uh, a public hearing that's happening tomorrow that I'm also a part of, and their argument will centre around single-sex schools. And so what do you do with a child, for instance, that hasn't yet nominated their sex? There's, there are incredible problems, and this, this bill is so radical that it has introduced a whole bunch of problems in the quest to try and solve a single problem for a minority group. And Rob, always good to come back to a foundation for where Christians come from when they're thinking through these sorts of issues because Christians Mm. come from a place of authority uh, because we say we're created in the image and likeness of God, uh, man Mm. and woman. Uh, you know, and some might say, oh, well, there's got to be all sorts of uh, nuances and such things. But the foundation is a solid one. It's a firm one. It's held history uh, to this place. And, uh, and this is where ACL comes from, too. It's, uh, it's understanding the presence and power of God in the circumstance. That's right. Yeah. Um, Neil, we're always going to come back to a biblical position. Um, we're always going to come back to a truth place. Uh, I think. ACL is a wonderful group. I've been with ACL for for 12 months. One of the things I love is the scripture is our final authority. And and we believe that God, as you said, has created man in the image of God, female and male. And and that is just such a, a great thing. And when we get those things in order, society just works. Things work. We don't introduce complications. Um, I believe there's also compassion in that, Neil, because... Um, the truth will always set people free, free and um, so it's really important that we don't start messing around with these things that come down to basic uh, biological fact that God's put in order. 
This time of year, interestingly, Rob, there'll be lots of listeners who are listening to our conversation now saying, you know what, Uh, this is my year. I'm going to stand up and be counted. I'm going to speak out some more. I'm going to respond when I'm called to respond. Uh, No doubt there'll be lots of initiatives that the ACL will be running through the year. Uh, is, I'm not sure if there's anything on this one specifically, but you can let us know. But you're also calling on the state opposition in Queensland not to just go along with the Queensland Labor government in making this sort of uh, outlandish change, but uh, to actually put themselves in some level of opposition to it. Uh, just give us your insights here into into how you can stand against something like this. Thanks, Neil. Um, Look, it's really important that people engage in politics, particularly Christian people, because we have a a particular uh, view of politics and of the world, in fact, that that really balances compassion and truth. And it can only come from the Christian community, I believe. Um, Yes, we've called upon the Queensland opposition to oppose this, not just to oppose it, but to vigorously oppose it. Um, the conversations I have, and I talk to lots of people in and out of the church, and I think you and your listeners would do as well, is that this bill does not pass the pub test, if, if I can put it in that kind of language. It just does not pass the test of logic. And so one thing people can do is to talk to their neighbours in non-confronting ways and just listen to people, listen to what they have to say. The other thing you can do very simply is to jump on the Australian Christian Lobby website acl.org.au and we will keep you up to date with things so sign up to our newsletter become a part of the conversation and you'll be updated with all these uh, things that come out and so from time to time we'll have a campaign that might for instance direct people towards a particular issue that's taking place and they can very simply um, join us in lobbying government and that's what a grassroots movement does so that would be wonderful if people could do that, Neil. Wonderful stuff. Hey, let's touch on some of the big things to expect in 2023. Uh, let's start with the threat to Christian schools. Uh, this is already well underway, and uh, we've been monitoring the way things have been going this past uh, 12 months to two years. But uh, the threat to Christian schools, how are things looking for the year ahead when it comes to that threat? Um, Neil, I've been involved in a round table with the Attorney General with this and there was great representation so we had the major Christian uh, networks present, we had people from the education department and uh, we believe the Attorney General listened, she heard what we were saying and so there's been a few small changes Um, it looks at this stage as if this process will, will be pushed out a little bit so the main issue we're looking at is for religious schools essentially to have the right to employ staff that reflect their statement of belief and also their practice. Um, it's, it's, it, so one of the stumbling blocks that we've had with communicating with the uh, government on this is that their position has been, unless the teacher is actually teaching something directly relevant to that religion, then um, we shouldn't be discriminating against who we employ. Um, And so the argument we've brought is that most Christian schools have a culture that is not only uh, embedded around the teaching of religion, but it's also a culture of how do you live Christianity out? And so that would apply to the religion teacher, to the math teacher, 
to the grounds person, to the principal and everyone else on staff. And so that's the kind of discussion we're having with the government on this at the moment. And um, what's happened, Neil, is that it looks like decision-making time has been pushed out to the middle of this year somewhere. Well, the integrity of Christian schooling includes not only those who are teaching, but all of the ancillary staff that are around what makes a Christian school function. Uh, because it's, as you say, it's not only in belief, it's also in behaviour. It's what happens in the lifestyles of not only the teaching staff, but everyone who's associated with the schools. Hey, there's lots of other That's things right. coming. There's a New South Wales state election coming up on the 25th of March. Uh, what sort of things are ACL having in place to help inform New South Wales voters? Um, Neil, we'll have a website up soon called newsouthwalesvotes.org.au. Um, so that will inform people on the voting record of MPs over the last term of Parliament. Um, we'll probably also make some predictions about some of the kinds of issues that we see as being big. Um, we're also probably focusing somewhat on the upper house in New South Wales. This is the House of Review, and um, it's basically it's a great check and balance on the government. So we'll be looking at a broad range of issues. Education is a big one, religious freedom, um, and this... Uh, Gender ideology is also another big one that's going right across the, the, the nation at the moment. So they're, they're the big issues we're looking at. Uh, let's touch on uh, those uh, big issues, or one of those, conversion laws, uh, an ongoing effort to oppose conversion laws in Tasmania and WA. They're the main focus. Yep. So we expect that um, Alex Greenwich, who is the member for Sydney, will probably introduce a bill um, for gender um, for that very issue, basically. So, again, those bills, that'll be a private member's bill and it'll come from an independent. And so we expect that there will probably be a conscience vote on that in the lower house. Uh, the really important thing when you have an upper house, remembering Queensland doesn't have an upper house, but New South Wales does. And so that means that there is a review process. So we will be also... Uh, highlighting some of the issues in the upper house and what that might look like and how people can then interact with 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 people in the Legislative Council. Okay, so that's in New South Wales and uh, then there's that focus too, Tasmania and Western Australia. But, but just quickly, running short of time, uh, abortion laws too, uh, major movements around the world. Uh, what sort of things are on the agenda so far as following those changes to abortion laws? Yes, look, this is, again, it's ongoing, isn't it? The, the whole abortion um, law and debate around that is, is just such an ongoing thing. But I just want to highlight one really positive thing that's coming up and that's right in focus right now, and that is um, the, the bill that George Christensen introduced, uh, or at least attempted to introduce in the last term of federal government, has now been introduced, reintroduced by Matt Canavan, and supported by Alex Antic. And uh, this is a good bill because it looks at children born alive. And it will be very hard for the parliament to reject this if it actually gets some, some oxygen. If it's put on the table and people are able to look at it, vote on it, it would be very hard to reject the bill that leaves babies to die unaided without pain relief. Um, and this is not an isolated case. So there are many 
examples of this that have taken place over the last uh, 20 years. Well, um, there's... So that's an important bill, Neil. There is a lot of important uh, legislation that will come before our parliaments this year and uh, the encouragement to listeners to check in with the ACL website because they'll have resources, reliable resources, biblically based resources and commentary on where things are at in your state or territory, wherever you might be listening right around Australia. Rob Norman is the Queensland State Director for the Australian Christian Lobby. Rob? Thanks so much for some great insights uh, updating us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Have a great week. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.